All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 102. Heading into the Labor Day long weekend, I am Bag Milk. I'm here with Tyler Uremchak. Rick is here as well, and The Nation Dan is sitting in the mix as well. I want to start off today's podcast by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant of beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta, for making this all possible. You can go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Today, we are starting off the podcast with a Sherwood Ford giant question of the week and i turn it over to mr uremchuk hello one of my favorite things in the nhl offseason is frank saravalli's trade bait board up on tsn.ca plenty of interesting names that i wouldn't mind seeing the oilers acquire the one oiler who is currently on there that could be dealt is adam larson so this week's sherwood ford's giant question of the week is do you think adam larson will be an oiler next season and i I don't want to hear you know should they trade him is it a good idea to trade him I just want to know, do you think they will trade Adam Larson? I'm not sure who wants to take this one first, though. I'll go. I'll go. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm doing this off the top of my head. I probably should have pulled this up beforehand. This is the last year of Adam Larson's contract, correct? Yes. All right. So if Adam Larson is in the last year of his contract, in 2019-2020, he only played 49 games. Again, that was a truncated season, but he also missed some time. With the Oilers, he's only played a full season once, though in 2016-17, he only missed three games, to be fair. I think that he will not be, because not because the team or Ken Holland or Dave Tippett don't like the player, but they need the cap space, and I fear that his body is turning on him. There's word out on the street is that he's got a bad back, 
I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. So I think that they're going to try to recoup A, cap space, or B, maybe some draft picks somewhere along there. Because we're seeing a lot of those trades already. I mean, uh, St. Louis sent Jake Allen to Montreal. I don't know why Montreal wants him, to be honest. There's whatever. And then the Leafs made that captain trade, both cap space-based. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Rick, what do you think? I think you're partly right. I think he's here, but I think he's only here for like half the season. Um, they're going to start him off in the top six, make sure Bouchard and Benning are just fine playing the proper minutes they're going to need to play when he's gone. And then they will try and move him Christmas or, well, sorry, I guess the new version of Christmas time, the midway of the year, whenever the hell that is, or around the uh, trade deadline. But I think they're going to start with, start him here just to make sure that the right side's taken care of. And then uh, you can move them halfway through the season uh, as you see fit. Mr. Nation, Dan? I would be shocked if he doesn't play out the whole season with us. I I just don't. I don't know. You're you're right, Bag Milk, when you say that there's like all of a sudden these trades are kind of popping up where, where teams are trying to move some money around. But I just don't think that the teams that are able to take on the contract like Larson's are I – I just don't see it. Like I think they would go out and they would grab somebody – with bigger money even just to just to make that splash to try and make their team better like Larson doesn't necessarily you know factor in as a as a top guy on most teams so so I don't know I I just I don't see it happening but I could be wrong I've been known to be wrong more often than not Tyler this is your question what do you think I'm gonna agree with Dan here I, I I don't see it happening and here's my thinking behind it what is Adam Larson on the Oilers he's a top pairing defenseman he plays on their top pair with that, with Oscar Clefbaum, you can argue is he actually a number one defenseman or not? Yeah, he's probably not a, a legit top two D man, but on the Oilers he is. So if they're going to trade him, you need to have someone in the wings who can step up and fill that spot on the top pair. And I don't think the Oilers have that. And when they're out, you know, sending out feelers, seeing what the market is for Adam Larson, I think they're going to learn that the market for him is that of a number four defenseman. So to me, I I just don't see it. if they trade him, they would need to find a way to fill that hole in the lineup, and I don't think they can. $4 million isn't a gross overpay for what Adam Larson is giving you, which is top two minutes, and he's a legitimate top four defenseman, in my opinion. So I think they're going to hold on to Larson. I think they'll probably look around and find that the value just isn't quite there on the trade market, and it's not worth moving a guy like that and taking your the right side of your defense from, you know, pretty decent right now with Bear, Larson, and Benning to very inexperienced in a hurry if you move a guy like Larson. So I think Larson's going to stay. I think, you know, I'm not saying that they aren't going to look to move him. I just think at the end of the day, they're going to find he's more valuable on their team than whatever they would potentially get for him. I think that the the rumor itself, just having him appear on Saravalli's trade board is interesting because you're right. The right side, if you're going to trade a defenseman, the reality is from the left side is the better bet. The Oilers are deeper on the left side than they are on the right side. It's just he's going into the last year of his contract and they need money. So that's the only reason I would. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you guys say. They don't have very much experience. Do you think that they could you see a scenario? And I was actually talking to Gregor about this because we were just bullshitting. And uh, could you see a scenario where the Oilers look to fish for a guy like a Tyson Berry, that's a UFA defenseman, 
And then if they are able to land him, look at trading Adam Larson. Well, here's the issue I have with that sort of scenario playing out is one, how much is Tyson Berry going to cost you, right? Is it going to be too more, much? It's probably going to be and more than $4 years. million, right? And, probably, and too many years. And probably too many years. Yeah. So you're going to go and sign a guy and try to upgrade there, even if you wanted to look at a guy like Sammy Vatnin, right? Like he's probably going to cost you more than $4 million. So you're still spending more right there. And I mean, here's the other thing. You mentioned, you know, Larson's body potentially giving out on him. He still is only 27 years old. Like you're going to sign Barry or Krug or Vatnin, and they're all older than Adam Larson is. I know he has a lot of miles because he came into the league at a very young age, but. I just think you can hold on to Larson and his $4 million. And yeah, you could go sign Barry Vatnin. They're going to cost you $5 million. And if you're a team that's looking at trading for Adam Larson, why wouldn't you yourself just go out and sign Barry or Vatnin if they're better defensemen? Why would you waste the time trading an asset to Edmonton for Larson when you could just go sign the, the upgrade in free agency? This is a very Edmonton conversation, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like sometimes, to Tyler's point, the best idea the best option is the one you already have. Yeah. But around here, that's not generally how it goes, right? It's like, okay, we have Jeff Petrie so we can trade Tom Gilbert. We have Justin Schultz so we can tra- trade Jeff Petrie. Then we have to trade Justin Schultz because he's fighting above his weight class in a spot that he shouldn't be in. Speaking of which... Well, but that's, well I, think the, I think that that's the problem, right? Is that we're a victim of a lot of just like bad moves or lateral moves. And we want, we want something to just click and be like, you know, oh shit, Edmonton made a swap and Tyson Berry is way better than what Adam Larson was for them. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes the best move, we saw it with Tambellini, we saw it with, uh, with, uh, with Shirelli. Sometimes the best move is to just do nothing at all and, and just kind of stand pat. And I think Ken Holland recognizes that. I would hope that he recognizes that more than Shirelli did. Um, you know, you just, we don't need to hit the panic button right now. The replacement level is not going to be there for the amount of money that you're going to have to pay for them. Like you guys already said. So yeah, I that's, just, I think we're victims of the, of the culture that we've lived in. That's why you wait till you wait to see what you actually have. If Bouchard, you know, cracks the lineup and I don't see anywhere else he's going to play this year. I don't really know what's going to happen in the AHL. So I think you'd rather have him up here. If Bouchard comes out and has a really good season and puts up that, you know, kind of uh, what we expect out of him, I think then you can end up looking at moving him in the, in the long run. But it's definitely not something you want to do going into the season. But once you're 40, 50 games in and Bouchard's, you know, doing what we hope he's going to do, then I think you can actually look at moving him. And you never know what you're going to get at, uh, at trade deadline time, right? Because I don't think anybody would be too upset having Benning as the, as the third. Or, you know, you can even bring in, uh, find a, a guy who has, only one year left on his deal and at the deadline as well. Well, and the other thing too, like even if Bouchard comes into camp and blows the doors off and shows he's ready, how often during a season are all six Oilers defensemen healthy? What, 20% of the time maybe? Like there's, every team has a problem. Every team always has a defenseman go down at some point. So even though it might be Bouchard as your seventh, even when he's ready and he's not going to the American League, maybe him and Benning are, you know, platooning on that third pair, or you're swapping a guy to swapping a guy to his offside, and Jones takes a shift up, or a game off here and there. Like it's better to have seven really good NHL defensemen yeah. than let's say you move Larson and maybe Bouchard is still struggling a little bit. And like Bagmilk said with Justin Schultz, maybe he's still trying to punch above his weight class here. What happens if you move Larson? Bouchard's not ready, and someone gets hurt. Like you're, no, you're, no, for sure. Right? Bush, Bush would have to do something like what Bear yeah. was looking like last year. 
I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility because we no. just saw it happen. So there is an opportunity for it to happen. But yes, you do have to wait and you do have to be really fucking sure uh, that that you can because outside of, you know, I, obviously I don't think Russell's around. So if you did move Larson and somebody went got hurt, I don't know who you bring up as the uh, as the first call up. You're like praying what? Lagason can, you know, start to yeah. handle NHL minutes or you're trying to find a veteran somewhere on the free agent market. Yeah, and he might be able to find a veteran, you know, 35, 36 for a one-year type of a deal. But uh, as for now, for going into the season, I think he rolls what you have. You get rid of uh, Russell, roll what you have on the right-hand side, and, yeah, you kind of see what happens uh, throughout the season. I also, I just want to mention, I don't think the Oilers should trade Adam Larson right now. They just, like Tyler said, like everybody said, the right-hand side's just not experienced enough. Like, Ethan Bear could be a guy that, you know, really takes another jump, and I'll, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But like, we don't know that yet. And we you don't can know actually, that yet. you can actually cycle Larson in and out of the lineup this year too, and uh, kind of save his back to try and make him as fresh as possible for the playoffs. Right? Like, he there's no if Bouchard comes in and has a good year, and Benning's playing well as well, then you don't need Larson to be playing all sixty or eighty or whatever many games we're playing next year. Um, I think you can then try and sit him and rest him. Uh, throughout the season, just to just to have them ready for the playoffs. Going to be interesting, man. There's going to be a lot of cap decisions that need to get made. I'm glad I don't have to do them. I agree, though. Like to me, if you're actually going to move a defenseman, Russell's the one that you know he makes he one point. Go. He makes one point five in real dollars, four million dollar cap hit. There's a, a budget team out there that would probably look at doing that. Well, Russell has to go. I you can't. You can't start the year with Russell. I think it was Elliot Friedman. I, I think it was Friedman who wrote in 31 Thoughts. It might have been on another one of those sort of insider roundup things. But there are going to be a handful of teams and more, te- a lot more than in previous years that are running on internal caps. Teams that are sitting there going, okay, yes, we can spend, you know, $75 million against the cap, but we need to have our salaries down by $67, $68 million. Pittsburgh's yep. one of those teams that's going to be thinking yep. about doing that. Columbus, I've heard, is one of those teams, and they rattle off six or seven. I can't find the article here on the fly, but that's where a guy like Russell is going to be easy to move. You're going to go to a team and say, listen, you can sell this to your fan base as we're bringing in an experienced NHL defenseman with one more year left on his deal. You know, it's going to give you the illusion that you're spending close to the cap when in reality you're taking $1.5 million in real money and the Oilers are getting a huge break on their cap as well. And who doesn't love a cowboy? Right. Yeah. I, the thing that's interesting there, though, is that Chris Russell has that stupid modified no trade clause where it's 15 teams he can say no to. So if Chris Russell doesn't want to go anywhere, really, he's probably not because he could just go around, find those teams that have the internal caps that could probably afford to acquire him. And he could just say, I don't want to go there, there, there and there. And the Oilers are going to be handcuffed. Yeah. Why would you want to play for a team that wants to move you, though? Because why would you want to move right now? You could just sit there. You've and say, only got one. You've only got one year left. You got a fresh start. Um, there, I think there's a lot more positives to going yeah. to a team than sticking around where you, you don't. They don't really want you. But if Russell, I mean, to be fair, you can fucking put them in the minors, man. You could. Sure, it only takes. It only saves you a million dollars. But it saves you a million dollars. But if Russell sits there and goes, you know what? I'm going to be, you know, almost 35 when I'm an unrestricted free agent. You know, maybe I, maybe I'm probably not going to get another deal here. I'm probably done with my career. I don't want to have to go move to Columbus. I don't want to move to Pittsburgh <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. I want to stay in Edmonton. And that's, hey, Shirelli gave him the deal. Chris Russell's agent yeah, negotiated yeah. that in there. It's within his right to sit there, cross his arms, and say, I'm not going anywhere. So that's something to consider as well. 
speaking of Pete, I was uh, a little bummed to see he didn't get that ah, job in Florida, you know? I was I was pulling for him. Don't I play just, with fire, boys. Don't play with fire. You screwed our team over way too many times. That karma can still bite us in the ass. He can continue to do it from outside of our own fucking head office. I just, I, just, I like the, the KHL and I was, never see him again. I was just dreaming of a scenario where he gets that job in Florida and you get like a Huberdo for nurse trade or something absurd Yeah, like just that. like we get Barkov because he really loves nurse. <laughs> Jeremy? Would have been nice. There's your assured forward giant question of the week. It's, uh, I don't even know if he really came to a resolution there, did we, boy? Not really. I think we kind of said he's going to be here to start the year at the very least. And I'm just, uh, I'm being the contrarian. I'm going to say no. Adam Larson, I will miss your apps. I'm sorry. Man, I'm telling you, that's $4 million that you got to put out there in terms of a, a third line. It's going to be, it's going to be tempting. Absolutely if someone, if somebody came out there trying to get Larson for cheap, and you had someone out there UFA style who you know you kind of feel like sits there your third line center that uh, you'd rather have the money go there. It's going to be tempting, but I uh, I think they're going to hold on and wait for wait for a while yet. Looking ahead, I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Tourism Jasper. Check out everything they've got going on in the late summer slash early fall at jasper.travel. It's a brand new website. From stargazing to mountaintop dining to snowshoeing, the Jasper SkyTram has no shortage of activities that you will enjoy. I've been on it. It's lovely, Tyler. Get a nice little view. SkyTram. That's right. That's very nice. I want to know more about this. Well, (laughs) jasper.travel. Get all the details you need on the SkyTram. Mute my mic for a bit and look into that. Next time you and the missus go off to the mountains, Uh I'm thinking this is the perfect little date night for you guys. All right, boys, we're going to move ahead and look at, we're getting into rumor season. I love rumor season in the (laughs) NHL. And I think this year, I've said it last week on the podcast, I've said it on Real Life, I'm saying it everywhere. I think the silly season in the NHL is going to be a lot more fun this year, or scary, depending on how you look at it, because we're already seeing it. There's teams making trades specifically for cap space. And I think that there's going to be pennies on, or deals for pennies on the dollar that you can get. He, Tyler already mentioned the Penguins, and that's where I want to start. Dusty Nielsen was talking about it earlier this week that the Oilers have contacted the Penguins about goaltender Matt Murray. Tyler wrote about it in his weekly rumors column that goes up on Thursdays. Tyler, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I... First off, if the Oilers, and I believe Dusty, Frank Cervalli is reporting it as well, the Oilers are one of the teams having contact with Pittsburgh about Murray, the 26-year-old pending RFA. I think it shows that Ken Holland is serious, not just about upgrading the goaltending for next year, but finding a guy who can be a bit more of a long-term fit than just, you know, a veteran on a one- or two-year deal. So I like that it shows Ken Holland is getting aggressive here, or at least plans on being aggressive. You look at a guy like Murray... Coming off not a great season, 287 goals against average, 899 save percentage. But you go back to last season, he played 50 games, 269 goals against average, 919 save percentage. You go the year before that, 292 with 907, which is okay, not great. Year before that, 241, 923. He's a guy who has a track record of being a competent NHL goaltender. Last year wasn't great for him, but I think that almost works out in Edmonton's favor because it means he's going to be cheaper to acquire and cheaper to sign to a contract. He's a guy who, at 26 years old, still has a lot of hockey left in him. I know he's played a lot 
already, but I like that as well because, again, he's proven he can get through a regular season and play 50 games for you. So I think he's the best fit on the market right now for the Edmonton Oilers. It's clear the Penguins aren't trading Jari, who I'd probably prefer, but in terms of realistic options, Murray seems like he's the guy, and uh, there's going to be a lot of teams lining up for him because he's a 26-year-old goaltender with two cup rings on his hand. Uh, but I think the Oilers should absolutely be pushing to, to try to get a guy like Murray here. What do you think that, tri- like, so Jake Allen, different situation, obviously. Jake yeah. Allen just went to Montreal for a pair of picks. Obviously, the Blues are trying to resign Petrangelo or just clear cap space for other purposes. Makes mm-hmm. sense. What does that trade look like, though? Because Murray's an RFA. Yeah. He could realistically, at 26, be your goalie for the next decade. Mm-hmm. What does that trade look like? So just looking at what Pittsburgh has, they went out, they got Kasperi Kapanen. I really don't think they need any forwards. Like you look outside of their sort of big four there with Malkin, Crosby, Gensel, and Zucker. They still have Hornquist, Tanev, Rust, Kapanen, Sherry, Zach Aston, Reese, uh, Teddy Bluger played a lot this year. Dominic Simone played a good amount as well. He's a pending RFA. They they have a lot of pieces up front, so they're probably not going to be interested in, you know, Athanasiu or Pugliarvi or any of those potential trade chips up front for the Oilers. But you look on the back end, they got Latang, they got Brian Dumoulin, Jack Johnson, uh, John Marino, Marcus Pedersen. And then after that, it's a lot of just not great stuff going. They're not going to be able to bring back Justin Schultz um, for, for money reasons. So I think Pittsburgh probably wouldn't mind adding a defenseman, and they probably wouldn't mind adding a draft pick as well because they only have a third rounder this year in the first three rounds, and next year all they have is a second. So I wonder if the Oilers could maybe kill two birds with one stone here. And this isn't great, but, and I keep in mind, I'm kind of coming up with this sort of off the top (laughs) of my head here, but what if it's your first rounder in 2021 and Matt Benning, and in exchange, you're getting Matt Murray, Jared McCann, and maybe a third rounder this year. So you still, you're still getting a pick. You're giving up some future assets, but you're getting a starting goalie, a guy who can be a third line center for you and Jared McCann and potentially help produce some offense as well. I make that trade. Maybe it's even a second rounder in 2021. So you move from your first to your second. You get Murray. You get McCann. You're also giving up Benning. Pittsburgh gets a young D-man. They get rid of McCann, who they might not be able to afford to sign anyways. They get rid of Murray, but they're moving up into the first round next year. Because over and above the budget that uh, you mentioned for Pittsburgh, they also don't want to lose one of their goaltenders in the expansion draft for nothing either. So they're kind of under pressure to make a deal. So... If you could get it for next year's second, then yeah, absolutely. But I, w- I would even be willing to do next year's first because, and Rick said it countless weeks in a row now, they have to win now. They have to win yeah. now. If you could somehow hang on to this year's first-round pick and get that kind of package, then why wouldn't you? Because it, it yeah. covers two holes, right? And that's really what you need. Well, I guess we're not getting rid of Larson now because we're bringing in Murray and Benning's out the door. So, well, hey, and I'm that's exactly it, though. You'd keep Larson. You would have you know Bouchard yeah. waiting in the wings. Maybe you still go sign that veteran righty for a million bucks somewhere on the free agent market. And the Murray and McCann acquisitions, I think, would really help this team. So you think McCann would be a because uh, they have him labeled as a as a as a winger here, don't they? He, he's Fox played Media. some center, if I'm remembering correctly. He's listed as both on the NHL website. Um, okay, I think Puck Pita has him as a left winger. But, I mean, hey, even if he was a winger, like, it's a guy who, one, put up some decent numbers last year. Um, his scouting report on NHL.com has him as a, as a two-way center, but uh, he, I believe he played with Crosby a little as well. He had 14 goals, 21 assists 
in 35 games last season. So he's a half a point a game kind of guy. If he comes in here, plays on your third line, maybe spot duty up in the top six and puts up 50 points, like, come on. that's that. I, the Oilers need guys like that. He took plenty of draws in uh, the Penguins this past year as well. Over My math is really bad, but close to 600. That's somewhere in there. That's our that's hefty a amount of, of draws. That's 10 draws a game. <laughs> yeah, that's not a winger. So, um, I, I think, you know, I like that. I like that deal, Tyler. Dan, what do you think about the idea of fishing for Matt Murray? I think, I, like, I think the main thing that I take away from it is what Tyler kind of first said. Is the big thing is that Ken Holland is aligning with what I think a lot of people think this team needs, which is a goalie that lets them compete now. And and I don't know if Matt Murray's price is necessarily the 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 benchmark that we want to go for because I do think that he's going to be somebody that is going to be highly sought after and I think you're looking at a deal like what Tyler kind of mentioned there uh, maybe not even with the McCann aspect to it I don't know but um, I I would think that I would hope that you could go out and get somebody like a like a Ranta or a or a Kemper uh, for better money or better better value for your trade. Um, than you could with Matt Murray. I think that if we're dealing with Matt Murray, I think the key is again, and like Tyler said, is having a, a defenseman that can play in their on their D right now. Um, so if that is Adam Larson, if that is Matt Benning, who knows, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I think that the big takeaway from me is that Ken Holland is looking at goaltending and is identifying that it's time now to you know make a strike while the while the team is is in the mode of of winning. And who knows, like whether or not this progresses beyond discussions with Pittsburgh. I just like the idea, and Tyler said it too. I like the idea that Ken Holland is looking at a goaltender that is not closing in on forty as a possible option. As somebody who can grow with the team, a couple of cup rings on those uh, on those fingers doesn't hurt either. He's got some experience. Uh, everybody likes to talk about experience, especially in this market. So I think that it could probably work, but. Outside of Matt Murray, the goaltending market has actually got plenty of action and rumors going on. Even in Vancouver, they're playing Game 7 tonight. There's talk that Jacob Markstrom might be leaving Vancouver. And Which is just crazy. Go ahead, not of his contract is. Not if he's asking I, too much of a contract, though. I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's ludicrous to me. Like, I've, I've, I've said it in weeks before, previous. Like, for these teams like Calgary, like, go for it, guys. Blow up the entire team because you have You've had a couple of playoff runs, and then you had a bad bubble bubble hockey uh, playoff run. Like I'm, I'm all for it. If if the Canucks are going to really go ahead and do this, absolutely do it because you're you're in my division, and I want you to have less goaltending options. But but they have like an embarrassment of of goaltending value here. But we've seen it time and time again. They watched it with Jordan Binnington themselves. You know, Binnington wasn't wasn't the world beater that he was the year before when he won the Stanley Cup with that team. Um, they they certainly picked him apart in their series. I, I just it shocks me that that Canucks fans can and 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 you know potentially the Canucks organization could be so short sighted. But at the same time, you know if Demko is an amazing goaltender, that team is set up for a fucking you know for the stratosphere. Like. If they if they go forward with Demko and he's a you know he's a workhorse goalie for them, that could be bad news for us. You know, so it, it's it's interesting to watch, but it just seems kind of crazy to me uh, from the outside looking in to to have a bubble hockey goalie and Thatcher Demko who's having an amazing couple of games, uh, and now we're like, yeah, 
they're like, now nah, like, you know, just toss, toss Markstrom out the door. I don't know. It's confusing to me. I think they were going to look that they were going to have to make the decision on Markstrom, whether um, Demko had a, had a good playoffs or not. Right. Uh, he's making almost 3.7 right now as a UFA. You got to, con- you got to think he's going to get a, a hefty raise. He's 30 years old. You know, that gets you into the five, six, seven, eight year range. And that's not something you really want to do with a goaltender. Like that gets you in a lot, a lot of trouble. So it's something they were going to deal with anyways. Yeah, I don't think you can think that uh, Demko is what he is right now. What you know, I think his 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 uh, average for the year was closer to nine ten, nine oh five, or something like that, as opposed to what it is right now. But if you can find some sort of happy medium in there, and even bring it down a couple notches after that, just because that's the way it's going to go, you might have to take that chance, man. You, these guys are going to be in, into a salary situation like we are, right? You're going to have to pay Peterson. You're going to have to pay Quinn Hughes. You've got a lot of guys out there going to need a lot of more, a lot of money coming up. Do you really want to uh, buckle down with a goaltender who's over thirty, who's going to be making five, five and a half, six million dollars for the next six to eight years? You know, it's a, it's a tough decision, but it's it's a business decision, and it's something they're going to they're going to deal with right now. He, here's why Jacob Markstrom will not be back with the Vancouver Canucks next season, and. The caveat I'll say before I go off on making my point here is if Jacob Markstrom's okay with going to Seattle, then ignore everything I'm about to say. But for <laughs> the sake of this, I don't I can't see a guy signing a contract with the knowledge that he's going to end up in Seattle. So if you're Vancouver, 24-year-old Thatcher Demko is giving you some good minutes at the NHL level. You've watched him progress through his career so far. You're probably pretty confident, especially if you're starting the guy in the Stanley Cup playoffs and elimination games, that he's going to be your goaltender of the future. You do not want to lose that guy to Seattle. If you're signing Jacob Markstrom, even if it's a short-term deal, three, four years, he's not signing that deal without some sort of no-move protection or anything like mm-hmm. that because why would he sign a deal to be in Vancouver for one year and then immediately go to Seattle next season? That's not going to happen. So your options if you're Vancouver are re-sign Jacob Markstrom and just resign to the fact you're losing Thatcher Demko, who is a hell of a young goalie, future starter in the expansion draft. Well, why would you want to do that? Or... You could sign them both and then go, well, we better be prepared to pay out the nose to Seattle to keep both these guys. Okay, well, then all of a sudden you're signing Jacob Markstrom, keeping Demko, and probably giving Seattle like a first and a second round pick just to not take this starting goaltender off your hands. Like signing Markstrom just creates so many problems for Vancouver. Whereas if you just go and you got to remember, they have Mikey DiPietro as well, who they really like in their minor league system. So it's not even like Demko's their only potential goalie of the future. They have another one coming up through their system. If you're Jim Benning, as much as it sucks to watch a legit starter like like Jacob Markstrom go, I think for the sake of the salary cap and for the sake of not losing your future goalie in the expansion draft, you got to let the 30-year-old go. You go sign another veteran for one year in free agency or you go acquire a guy with one year left on his deal and you run with that next season. It sucks to watch a number one goalie walk out the door, but I'd rather watch the 30-year-old walk out the door than lose the 24-year-old for nothing a year from now when he could be even better. There's also the angle that uh, how much do the Canucks want to pay for their goalies? Because they're also right now paying $3 million bucks for a guy who hasn't played in a while. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they've got Luongo on there until 2022. So yeah. there, there's going to be some very interesting decisions going on. I, I just I feel like this is a really good time for the Oilers to be looking for a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even specifically talking about Markstrom or anything because there are so many goaltenders that are seemingly available. I don't remember the last time there was this many good goalies that are kind of just out there. 
Well, yeah, look at the free agent market alone. You're getting two honest number ones are sitting there in Markstrom and Robin Leonard. Like, those guys can handle 55 to 60 games a season, which is really what a number one's expected to do now. You look at the trade market, and I mean, a 26-year-old in Matt Murray who's won cups is being, his name is being thrown around like it's nothing. That's a substantial goaltender that's being moved. I know his numbers weren't great last year. We touched on that, but like that's still a pretty big name that could be moved. And then you look at the amount of, you know, really quality backups as well. Braden Holpe is in that 1A category still in my mind. I know he didn't have a great year, but if you're looking for a 1B, Thomas Grice, Anton Hudobin, like those guys are really good 1Bs as well. There's more goaltenders than there are jobs on the market, and that's a huge positive for the Oilers. Columbus as well. Yeah. Throw that on the list. They've got two Arizona, good goaltenders there as well. Arizona with Kemper and Ranta and Aiden Hill. Like someone's probably going to have to go out of there as well. The talk of Toronto potentially moving on from Freddie Anderson. There's the situation with the Rangers. Like you go on and on and on. There's a ton of goalies that need homes. So I think that to me, what this tells me, and to me, what this tells me is that this is going to be Ken Hall's probably best opportunity to acquire a young strong goaltender that can grow with this team as opposed to going to fish for a one-year stopgap. 100%. What are we considering young, though? Are we, like, if you're going to re-sign a player, are you going to be able to convince an anti-ranta to sign a three-year deal? Why not? He's 31 right now. Is he going to want to sign that? Why would he? I don't think you're going to want to sign too much longer than that. I don't know. I don't think he's going to have a choice. Yeah, I was just gonna say he might not have a choice. There's a lot of there's a lot of girls at the dance right now. If you know, and what then I'm do you so get like, in? Do you do you jump in quick, or do you sit back and wait for uh, something something a uh, piece of gold to fall down? That's the beauty of this market. I think you can go with either route, and you're gonna be okay. I think that what I w- I like the idea of the map. Going back to Matt Murray again, just to wrap this up, I like that Ken Holland is talking to the Penguins now, because if Matt Murray's the guy that you really want. Get, Get in there first before everybody try to swing a deal now before everybody else is like, there's still plenty of playoffs left to go. We're just wrapping up the second round. So there's still plenty of time to go where there's some of these teams that are still in may want to upgrade their goaltending as well. I'd like to see Ken go, Mr. Holland go out and just grab somebody he wants now. But like Tyler said, if the acquisition cost from Matt Murray is too much, okay, well then you sit back and wait and see what happens. It'd be interesting. Like I said, I don't know if I've ever seen a goaltending market like this before when the Oilers have been so desperate to have one. So I think it's a good spot to be in, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. Lots going on, though. Sticking with some rumors as well, I want to get to, but first I want to talk about skipthedishes.ca. I, myself, got some delicious Chinese food delivered to me yesterday, and you know what I did, Tyler? What I always do when I order Chinese food? Tip. I ordered way too much. Well, I also tip the driver. I always do that. But I ordered way too much. And now I've got uh, Chinese food that will be coming with me to the lake this weekend. Yeah, whoa, whoa, nice little the, treat for me. Whoa, whoa, on the way too much. You ordered the exact right amount to feed you last night and to feed you for every upcoming meal, in which case you eat it. If you throw anything away, then maybe you ordered too much. No, but no, until no. Until you throw it away, you ordered the exact proper amount. I like that, Rick. You're making sense to me because nothing is getting thrown away. I promise you that. I will be eating chow mein until the end of time. If I have to, and I plan to skip the dish.ca, plenty of local restaurants around. We are happy to support local restaurants. And like Tyler said, tip your drivers. Very important. They're putting themselves out there to make sure that you are being fed without having to leave your house. Now, goaltending, obviously a big, big rumor market right now, but we're not done there. Friends. There's some interesting forwards 
that are also on TSN's trade board. Tyler, I want to ask you specifically about Max Domi. You wrote about him in your article, uh, your rumor roundup. According to a report that went out on TSN 690, it doesn't look like he's going to be back in Montreal next season. Yeah, uh, Arpen Basu of The Athletic in a hit with TSN 690 kind of said it, it's more likely that it's, you know, where is Max Domi getting traded, not if Max Domi is going to be traded. Um, this is a guy 25 years old, pending RFA. He can play the left side. He can play down the middle. Um, similar to, to Murray in the sense that, you know, he's had some great years under his belt. You look at, you know, 2018, 2019, 72 points as a center, spent most of the season with Andrew Shaw and Jonathan Drouin. So it's not like he was a center playing with two, you know, elite goal scoring wingers. He was a top six center playing with two competent wingers, I'd call them. And he produced almost a point a game. He can also play on the left side, but like I I was getting to, he's coming off a bit of a bad year. So his acquisition cost could be a little low. You know, the cost to actually sign him could be a little bit lower than it would have been 12 months ago as well. Uh, I, I just think Max Domi could be the perfect fit for this Oilers team. Like, if you want to acquire him to be your third-line center and to give you some offense in the bottom six, he'll do it. If you want him to be a left-winger with Connor McDavid and, you know, bring some jam into this top six but also be able to keep up offensively, he can do it. And I, I, I'm working on another article that goes into it a little bit more in depth, but I just look at this guy and I don't know exactly what the acquisition cost would be if it's Athanasiu Plus, if they're interested in a guy like Benning, if they're interested in a guy like Larson... But I just think this is a guy the Oilers need to have circled and they need to be pushing for because I think he brings a lot of things to this lineup that they don't currently have. Does he I kill penalties? I'm not sure if he kills a lot of penalties. Because um, I think that'd be, that's going to be a, a large factor in, in yeah. who we bring in, right? Let's face it, as much as it hurts me to say, I don't know if Jujar is going to be around next year. That's a pretty good penalty killer you're going to lose out on. Um, Shahan, I don't think he's around. There goes another penalty killer. Like, we're going to get into a point here where our penalty killer is going to be led by Nuge and Leon again, and that's not something we want to do. So I think anybody that does be, that's going to be brought in the bottom six, you, uh, PK has to be a, has to be a, a big factor. I can't tell if he kills penalties, but I do yeah, like I the idea of Max Domi playing on the left side with Connor and then having the luxury of being able to reunite Nuge, Dreisaitl, and Yamo. All of a sudden, that top six looks pretty good. But you still run into that. You still run into that, into that third line center of issue again, and, which is going to be uh, ongoing. Yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I I think he can. I think he can be fine in that sort of role in in on a third line. And I, I'm still trying to load up here. My natural statrix being a little bit low, but I'm trying to see if he kills <laughs> penalties or not. Um, I I don't know. I just think he's he he, he does so if, much good, even if he doesn't kill penalties. Bring back Shahan on your fourth line. Start teaching some of these guys to kill penalties. Like, I, I, that's not a reason one, I wouldn't acquire him. He has one shorthanded point in his career, and it was in his rookie season. So, I, hell yeah, I mean, that's not like a perfect answer, but I think that that's probably a good indication that he's never been out on it. Yeah, he doesn't kill penalties. He didn't kill penalties over the last two years for Montreal. But so we'd have didn't. to go. Out, we'd have to go out and find someone who can who can kill some penalties then, because that's going to be a big part for us. Yeah, yeah, because right now, like. If, without Shea and Sign, you've got Nuge, you've got Leon kill some, you've got Archibald kill some. But you don't want Leon and Nuge out there. Prefer not to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, the Nuge last is thirty be seconds, there. fine, because you know they're kind of like getting ready to go with the uh, McYam title as they did after after every pow- after every penalty after you know January first. But I don't think you want them out there in the first minute. That's for sure. 
But hey, maybe Max can still kill penalties, man. Like there's, I don't think, even if he hasn't done it before, I don't see why he would be against it now. And I love what he brings to the team on the ice with a little bit of attitude and a little bit of charisma. I think that's the, of, that's the type of things we missed in the playoffs this year. Man, we'll never forget when he won punch Kessler. Max, oh, can you imagine does. what that shirt's going to look like if we get to make it? Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Everybody would love it. One Evan punch Tony would love it. Uh, not that I think either of these two are necessarily on the Oilers' radar, although they probably should be, to be honest. For some reason, Winnipeg has both Patrick Laine and Nick Ehlers up on the trade board, which surprises me. I don't understand why they would want to get rid of either of those guys. They yes, had an issue with Laine at, at trying to sign a master, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, he did He did hold out for a little bit, but he did end up getting signed. Um, to me, I don't understand. I think that you would try to put more work into massaging that relationship if there is an issue, because this is a 22-year-old that's averaged something like, what, 38 goals? Thirty, Pretty per- much 38, yeah. Over a Did full you, season since he came you in. Imagine so like, him on the left side of Connor. He should have been, man, because we <laughs> dropped in that lottery. Dude, could you imagine Connor, Leon, or Nuge just tossing passes over to the to the left hand side and let him tee him up like he's fucking Ovechkin? Gregor wrote about Line A the other day at OilersNation.com, and I posted a the feature image that I put in that article is Line A taking a slap shot and seeing the whip on that stick is just I couldn't. Connor would get 900 points on the power play feeding him cross ice like that. We'd Put him in the, the OB spot. We'd have to fix the netting in those damn nets like every fucking third game. Unbelievable. It'd be fantastic. But my question for you guys is, I would, to be honest, I would also like Nick Ehlers. I would yeah. love to have Nick Ehlers on the Oilers. But I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But why do you think that these two guys, is it just because Winnipeg bowed out so early in the playing round like Edmonton did that they would be up there? Is this just kind of like a... They ran, they ran into a defenseman issue again, didn't they? They need D-men well, and they need a second-line center. So I think the, the thing is look on the wings where they're incredibly deep and go, all right, which one of these guys can we trade? If you want to go bring in you know, potentially a second-line center and a top-four winger, then yeah, maybe you do look at trading line A. I think it's ridiculous. He's a 22-year-old who can score you 40 goals a year pretty much. Yeah, he's an RFA at the end of next season. He's going to cost a lot to sign, but like... Fuck, man. He's, you don't find goal scorers like that just sitting on the side of the street. If you want to trade Ehlers for a second-line center and you know, or maybe a top-four winger, I understand that more, but the line thing is just bizarre to me. He's so good. Well, and it's, gonna, it's, it's funny to me watching it from the outside again. It's another, you know, I'm an outside-looking-in Jets, Jets observer, but how has Paul Maurice's name not come up more in, like, is the next head coach to get fired kind of question? The guy, the guy has not, you know, he's, he's not, he's had this team now for what, five years and, and hasn't really taken, no, sorry, way more than that, seven years. And he hasn't taken them over the hump yet. Like, and he's had a lot of the same parts. I know that again, like you guys said, he had the issues this year with the fence, Bufflin didn't show up, all that stuff. But, but how is the head coach not the, not the issue there instead of looking at getting rid of your stars? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of tear down from the top. Not looking to not looking to adjust anything from within, so I, I don't know. It's a it's a bizarre situation to watch from the outside in. It is interesting too because he just signed a three year contract extension on February twelfth that'll take him through until the end of twenty twenty three. So Winnipeg loves them some Paul Maurice. Yeah, they I really can't imagine it. the fans do though. Which is pretty know. hilarious because like we're used we're from Edmonton, right? So we're used to be like, well, they had a bad season, got rid of the fucking coach, and then just nobody else seems to do that. 
as much. So maybe Not it's nearly, like, yeah. maybe we're just, uh, we're just so used to being kicked while we're down and firing the coach that it's just kind of like, why doesn't the coach get fired? We're just not used to it, I guess. We, Maybe, we, I don't talked, know. we talked a couple episodes ago about the potential of moving Nurse. Yeah. Um, and we said pretty much Nylander was the bare minimum from Toronto. Uh, obviously, these would be the two leading candidates if we were talking to Winnipeg. What would uh, what would it look like? In order, you know, What would that trade look like? It starts with Nurse, and then you probably got to build up. Like, what? If, what for Ehlers? Oh, for Ehlers, I think Nurse for Ehlers straight across is an interesting. Yeah, offer. I would. I was now fourteen and Nurse for for Line A, or you'd be talking more. I think it's more. I think it'd be more because, like Tyler said, this is a guy who could put up forty goals for you. He's twenty-two years old. Yeah. I just, uh, I think if they well, are selling Line A, that they are going to get a massive return. And the yeah, difference, we, uh, like a we, lot of these guys, don't forget, we traded uh, Taylor Hall once, eh? Remember the, yeah, but uh, we also had Peter Shirelli hand. <laughs> Remember the package that was? The, the difference for a lot of these these conversations, though, is not. It's not. I don't think it's necessarily saying that you know that there's a trade on the table for Liney or Ehlers, and they're waiting to see who else offers stuff. I think they're just showing that you know the option is there, but I don't necessarily think it happens because I don't think any team is really willing to pay for for what uh, for what. Line A is especially worth versus what he's put out, and then and then Ehlers, I would argue, is the is the bigger get of the two for for what the Oilers need. I'd be pumped if the Oilers got Ehlers. I'd be super pumped on it. I think if if he does get traded, whoever gets Nick Ehlers is going to be very happy with that player. Uh, yeah, I agree. He's fun to watch too, and he's kind of a he's a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife than uh, Patrick Line. but. We'll see. That's why I think I just think silly season, rumor season, all of this is going to be so much more interesting this year. Black Yeah, but like I said earlier, uh, we've still got quite a ways to go because we are still in the second round, looking at a couple of game sevens. I want to touch on those uh, in a second, but first I just want to clear up a couple of housekeeping items for the Oilers. Patrick Russell resigned a one-year contract extension uh, league minimum. Anybody surprised by that? No. Tippett seems uh, to really trust him. I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't over the moon either way, I guess, is kind of the, just because it's the league minimum, right? You can't be, you can't be upset that you got a body for the cheapest amount you could possibly get. And he's an effective fourth liner. We're talking about yeah. penalty killers. Yeah. Hold like, on, this hold is a guy on. that he needs to learn. For a goddamn goal last year. It's not effective. Well, well they, I, I don't think you're right. I don't yeah, know if you expect every one of your fourth liners to score goals, but yes, yes, yeah, so I would expect every in. one of my fourth liners to score <laughs> at least one goal in a year. I don't know. Uh, I agree. Actually, you, you know what? I, I I'm you can't flipping my mind. There, I agree you can't look at your top. You can't look sit there and look at your fourth line and go, if you guys walk out of here with zero goals at the end of this season, that I'm still going to give you a pat on the back. I'm sorry. You guys have to go out and get me at least three to four goals each. There's defensemen are going to goddamn do this. Somebody has to go out there and do that. To be fair, he did have a goal called back this year. Yeah, so leave it alone, good. Rick. Jesus, he, he's got Poor like Patrick a, Russell. Hey, they don't count. They don't count. That's true. That is true. Although that, you, you know, know what? what? <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I might be willing to. I might be willing to spill over because we did see what happened with Toby this year, right? Maybe that, yeah, so, that's a perfect example. There's a prime example of of a guy right. that you know was given some faith. So we're agreeing here. Year two, if he doesn't score a goal, he's out of here. <laughs> we're the last league minimum. 
Can we just take a second here and compliment Tyler on his pink blanket he's keeping? Yeah, I was also with? looking at that. It looks really nice. Thanks, guys. Looks that is, he's comfy. It's my girlfriend's. It's that looks nice. like if you one were of those, looking uh... quickly though. You'd think it was his bare legs. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, it I, is I'm fuzzy. Content. Look at that. Yeah, it's fuzzy on one side and like smooth on the other. My no business on really the outside nice. and uh, comfy on the inside. He's got a nice good part. radio. I've also that's the nice uh, part about living with a girl is the the throw blanket. I've also been eating this bowl of jelly beans all show. Good for you. Good for you. A little bounce there. Uh, the second piece of housekeeping that I wanted to get to, Dmitry Samarokov scored his first KHL goal on his first shift. Good job. Know, well, there's a defensive prospect. Better that... than Patrick Russell. And it was the <laughs> fastest of the whatever they call their opening week cup or whatever in history. Nice to see a defensive prospect looking good. He's another guy yep. that maybe down the down uh, down the road could be an option for the Oilers. I don't think it's too. Well. I don't think it's too far though, man. Like this year, obviously, twenty twenty one is a, is a is a write off. He's going to do what he does over there, but twenty one twenty two, he's going to be back in North America, and who knows? He might be ready to to, to push somebody up in the uh, in the NHL. I. Uh... And that goes back to our Adam Larson com- uh, conversation off the top of the podcast where left side, if you're making trades, it's got to be from the left side. Yeah. Right now. Right it's now. Va- it, dude, it's valuable on that side too. There's some good like, pieces are, there. Do you, do you do you look at moving Samurkov just because you have Broberg behind him? And Jones and Clefbaum's already established yeah, obviously up there. Like, what you just, have, yeah, it's so what much you have going right on now. now. Yeah, I don't want to take anybody out of the lineup right now. So you got to look outside the, line, outside the lineup. And you've got, you know, uh, Broberg is probably the fourth best left shot defenseman. And then you're going to have Samurkov right behind him. I mean, some of the, one of those guys, you, you might be able to, to flip in some sort of trade. As much as I don't want to, but we can't sit there and play, you know, nine left-handed defensemen. So. Or can we? <laughs> yes. yes. We will try. What if the Oilers just decide to go, you know what? We really only have two good forward lines. So they just dress six forwards and like 12 D-men every game. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. <laughs> the offensive defenseman too. Yeah, We have to try something different. And I believe this is the time to dress most of our lineup as defense. Now, <laughs> Tyler, it is time to get your buttons ready, my friends, because we are looking at the Yegberger Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. The burger of the month at Yegberger this month for September is Habanero Heat, which hot, sounds hot, delicious. Hot. A fresh, never-frozen five-ounce beef patty covered in spicy Havarti cheese, fried jalapeno chips, and caramelized onions, then topped with a habanero aioli. Sounds delicious. That sounds Sounds unreal. It does sound unreal. So if you are in the market for a burger, which you should be, check out our friends at Yeg Burger, both on Twitter and Instagram at Yeg underscore burger. As we always do, boys, we start with the downside of the past seven days. I'm going to go ahead and start. My Burger cold performer of the week has been uh, Bag Milk, the degenerate gambler, had himself a tough week. (laughs) Had himself a tough week. You know what? I was getting too deep into some of the prop bets, and I kind of shot myself in the foot a couple of times. I was having some fun with the (laughs) over-under totals, and uh, some of these games that, some of these series that had some low-scoring games to start did not maintain those low scoring games as the series went on. I'm specifically thinking of the game between the Islanders and Flyers. That one really bit me for taking the under on that one. So uh, yes. my 
Yegberger Cold Performer of the Week is My Betting Habits. Tyler, your Yegberger Cold Performer of the Week. I've been loving all the sports that have been on this last 24 hours with the Raps, the Jays, the Hockey. All of it's been good. But the NHL deciding to put both Western Conference games on a on the same day and start one of them at 2 o'clock. And I know it's 3 o'clock in Colorado and Dallas, and it's a Friday, so I'm sure people are taking the afternoon off so to go watch Game 7 of their team. But, like, come on. Could we not so do dumb. one tonight and one tomorrow on Saturday and put Game 7 in the East nice and early on the Saturday as well so they can finish it, pack up, and potentially be on a flight on Sunday to Edmonton? You could have had the game, one game tonight, all the attention on it, one game and two games tomorrow, a super Saturday, the game seven scheduling. That is my uh, cold performer of the week. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You're a thousand percent right. Why are we doing this? Not to mention what happens if like, I, I mean, chances are it's not going to, but like quadruple overtime. Yeah. We got a super extended overtime going on, you know? Well, yeah, like there's well, a, there is a chance you end up having to play two games tomorrow anyways. So why didn't you just play it safe and do the thing that makes the most sense? Anyways, yeah, Gene's on my TV, gonna, so that's at if least you're gonna it. have a if you have a day game, do it on a Saturday, not a Friday. Yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. NHL makes sense. But uh, it is two o'clock in Denver right now, just for the record. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, they're they're in Mountain, and uh, Dallas is in Central, so I I did that yeah. wrong. Rick, your Yegberger cold performer of the week. Well, Tyler took mine there, um, so I'm just gonna pull one out of the sky here and go. This fall weather in August, I guess it is September right now, but this fall weather, um, 2020 has been kind of tough here. We need uh, Mother Nature to help us out a bit and give us a little more summer into the uh, into the fall. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a dump on the uh, on the weather today. <laughs> Literally, burr. nice. Hey, and just for the record, um, uh, Landeskog is out for today. Well, by the time people listen to this, they're already gonna know who better. won the game. Touche, touche. I just wonder how this affects my betting. That's just I need to turn it around. Although, you know, I did have a good night last night. Thank you. Uh, Dan, your Yegberger Cold Performer of the Week. Well, the conversation keeps coming up because, I mean, we don't have a lot of less, a lot else to talk about that isn't, you know, positive, I guess. But it's uh, the, the discussion between the NBA and the NHL and how, um, you know, how the games market each other and how they market themselves and, and the struggles that the NHL has. And last night I was tuned into the NHL on NBC for the, uh, for the uh, Flyers and Islanders overtime game. And the way that they gave the highlights of the Vegas Vancouver game was the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> it's as if, it's as if they don't know how to broadcast like NHL games still. And so, so the highlights are Vancouver scores a goal early. Awesome. I'm in, I'm listening and watching. They go to another highlight package. And it's no joke about 20 seconds of hockey. And it's just at the end of a period and Vegas draws a penalty and you're just waiting for something to happen, like a goal or a decent shot or maybe a big hit. And no, they wanted to show you the penalty that Vegas drew it like a mean, nothing holding penalty. They made me sit there for fucking 30 seconds while they broke down this holding penalty. And they think that Americans are going to tune in to Vegas and, and Vancouver coverage after the, the Islanders and Flyers game. Nope. Hard no. So the NHL on NBC, you get my cold performer of the week. Word. I just, it's, it drives me nuts. They, they can't market the league because the people that are in charge of marketing the league 
don't know how to watch the league. Never forget that on the first day hockey came back, NBC did a wide-angle shot of the industrial area around Rexall Place. Oh, and we're yeah. like, coming to you <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that was the best. It was like, check out the hub for the Western to, Conferences, Rexall Place. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> to be fair to NBC, they have not probably ever broadcast an, NB, or an NHL game from Edmonton in like the last like 30 years. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I they just used, assumed they were kind of going once or twice a year for a McDavid game. Fair enough. Fair enough. You would think that they would know where the arena yeah. is, though. I mean, it's not it, like I could understand that one if it, if the arena had just opened. Do you know what I mean? Like I could give them kind of a pass and be like, oh, yeah. okay, well, this is the first year Rogers plays has been open. But they, I mean, it's been around. It's been around. They're uh, really mad because they send their trucks to Rexall every time. And they're like, fuck, we're at the wrong arena again. So, yeah, you get it. You understand. Dan Snake Draft, Yegberger, Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a cushy one. I think everybody kind of, you guys would all probably agree. Uh, it's a shout out to the teachers out there, um, who are, you know, doing their best to, uh, to put together, you know, a, a curriculum. We're watching bubble hockey happen in a bubble and, and teachers are trying to do the same thing on their own. So a huge shout out to all the teachers that listen and anybody that, uh, you know, that is a teacher themselves or, uh, or knows a teacher of the own. So teachers, my hot form of the week. Put some respect on my name. Shout out to my mom, what? who is a teacher. Nice. And also a massive fan of Oilers Nation Radio. I know this about Mrs. Uremchuk. Do you talk to Mrs. Uremchuk? Absolutely. Uh, she just said, <laughs> you know what? I just want to congratulate you guys on having the 197th ranked sports podcast. Yeah, in, that's in up Canada. to sports. Absolutely. Uh, Rick, your Yegberger Hot Firmer of the Week. Well, this comes down to last evening, I think it was. Maybe a couple nights before that. But Oscar Lindblom, uh, he played for the Flyers. He just had played his first game back, uh, what was it, last night or two nights ago? Yeah. Um, he was diagnosed with bone cancer December 7th. Uh, he fought it. He did his treatment. He did what he had to do. I think he was cleared sometime in the summer uh, to get back to working out and whatnot. And he was back on the ice playing for the uh, playing for the Flyers. So that's uh, that's one of those stories where you know, it just it, it's just a feel-good story. You know, there's been a couple guys that have gone through the NHL, you know, have, have had to deal with this stuff. Mario had it. Sakakoy had it. Our friend Brandon Davidson has dealt with this. Um, so, yeah, anytime a player can come back, anytime any person can get through what he's gone through and get back to their normal life, shout out, shout out to them, pat on the back, whatever it is. Well done, Oscar. I like this right here. And I also shout out to both teams. For the stick taps is a cool 100%. little moment. I like seeing that a lot. That was a cool, cool story. Tyler, your Yegberger, hot performer. I, uh, I'm someone like obviously I'm a fan of a ton of sports, but I love watching Canadians do well in sports where traditionally Canadians have not done very well. You look to golf, right? It was Mike Weir, and then for a while there weren't a lot of big name Canadians. And now you have guys like Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin dominating that circuit. Same thing in tennis, where for a while there weren't a lot of big-name Canadians, and now we're at a spot where, I mean, you know, it's not just Milos Raonic going out there anymore. You have on the women's side, Bianca Andreescu doing some great things. On the men's side, Denis Shapovalov's exciting. And then there's this kid, Felix Auger-Aliassime, only 20 years old out of Montreal, and he picked up a primetime win at the U.S. Open, taking down Andy Murray, who I know, you know, he's not one of the biggest names anymore, but he's still sort of one of those tennis legends. I uh, just wanted to give some love to Felix Auger-Aliassime. 
always good when an athlete puts Canada on the map in a sport that, if I'm going to be honest, it's nice when it's not just Canada being known for hockey. So shout out to Felix, one of the exciting young players on the ATP. He picked up a big win in prime time. My Yegberger, uh, Yegberger Hop Performer of the Week is so much more embarrassing than the other three answers. <laughs> it really is. This morning, first thing in the morning, Wanya and I start texting each other about <laughs> the video for Pop Star by Drake and DJ Khaled starring Justin Bieber. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. Justin Bieber is pretending like he's lip syncing all of Drake's words for the song and it's awesome i like it it makes me happy so i guess maybe uh my yegberger hot performer of the week is two monster canadian artists getting together in a fantastic video huh go. tyler i like there that we go. i like that drake and bieber coming together i need some new uh, hot performer buttons so if you're listening and you have some suggestions uh send them my way and i'll get them added into the board for next week alternate suggestion if you want to submit a voice clip of yourself for one of these buttons, I would love to hear that as well. Yeah, that could or actually be pretty funny. Somebody wants to reach out to Zach Cassian on Cameo. Yes, let's wrap that up really quickly. We got a bunch of stuff actually that we didn't get to. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, RFA Ethan Bear, what that looks like if he's not signed by then. <laughs> uh, Zach Cassian. Today on Instagram announced that he's on Cameo. Dan, you've been having fun with some NHLers on Cameo recently. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast, you may remember I reached out to Chris Pronger all those years ago and and asked him if he wanted to apologize for the city of Edmonton. To Wasn't which that he responded, like six no. months ago? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Um, so a couple weeks ago, uh, Andrew Raycroft w- took to Twitter and started up the Nathan McKinnon better than Connor McDavid debate. Uh, with a simple tweet of Nathan McKinnon, greater Connor McDavid. Um, and uh, instead of taking the bait, which I think a lot of Oilers fans tend to do when somebody questions our our uh, greatest player in the league right now, uh, I I responded to him with a with a simple cameo request. Found out he's on cameo for only twenty nine dollars uh, American, but I offered him twenty nine bucks for the cameo plus twenty nine bucks donated to a charity of his choice. Doesn't matter how bad, you know, it doesn't matter what it, what he wanted to donate it to. Uh, just to say that Connor McDavid is actually in fact better. And uh, three minutes later, it took me it took me about six minutes to draft up my my whole proposal. And within three minutes he responded with, This doesn't align with the with the talent's uh, opinion of things, and so they're not gonna be able to fulfill the request. It's an so, auto response though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. They just hit nope and then you just yeah, get yeah. although Andrew Raycroft tries to deliver one hundred percent of requests. Sometimes certain requests are confusing, difficult, or not in line with the talent's image. We encourage you to try again some other time. So it is yeah. difficult. I tried. Dan, I tried. Try with charity. You know, we'll keep trying. Dan, over two on his cameo requests for NHLers. Maybe the next time, buddy. Third time's a charm. <laughs> I'll keep trying. From all of us at Oilers Nation Radio, I want to thank Sherwood Ford, the Giants, Skip the Dishes, .ca, Tourism Jasper, and Yegberger for making it all possible. And for you, the listener, for filling your ear holes with all of our wisdom. May you enjoy your long weekend and tell all your family and friends to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.